0: Glorify your name, Lord. We exalt you. You are the God that is almighty. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Holy life. How do we live our life in the midst of what is happening around us? We are still on pandemic, COVID-19, almost nine months in the making. Allegations of election fraud. Various demonstration on the street. Restrictions, as you have heard Pastor Henji saying, on doing church service inside, when people can go inside the casinos without restriction. Impending police budget cut, which we all know will result in lawlessness. Rumors of another round up lockdown, Impen- impending higher taxes, implementation, I hope it will not happen. And what else, many more. Well, Apostle Peter, in his first letter to the churches, in dispersion, encouraged them that in the midst of trials and persecution, this is how they will still live. Let me read to you First Peter 1, 13 to 17. So prepare your minds to action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desire. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray for has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents he said leave a holy life we can only live a holy life to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who is our helper our advocate our comporter and many more how can we have the Holy Spirit in us by believing in the gospel and believing that Jesus Christ has saved for us. For some of you, what is the gospel? The gospel is this, Romans 3.23. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 5.8 says, But God, while we were still sinners, demonstrated his love for us, he died for us on the cross. And Romans 10, 9, 10, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will all be saved. Today, before we go to our study, let us commit our life to Jesus. For some, it will be a recommitment. And for others, it will be your first time. This prayer will be our foundation in living a holy life. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent of my sin and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and died on the cross for me and my sins i believe that you raised him from the dead lord jesus come into my heart and live in me now i receive by faith you as my personal lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of my life. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comporter to help me obey you and do your will and live a holy life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Holy life. Be holy for I am holy. That's, next slide. Next slide. Definition of terms. Let me define the terms for all of us. Holiness is the comprehensive term that describes the life of wholeness, righteousness, moral uprightness, and perfection which a Christian should live out. Righteousness is the life of right, and loving relationship with God and with others. Christian perfection is the life of wholeness, characterized by living out God's purposes for our being as human creatures and our action as a Christian. Anyone familiar with the Bible cannot deny that holiness is what God desires for Christian. Holiness of life is not optional. It's not a matter of choice. It is the expected norm. The admonitions to holy life are written in the imperative, be holy, and usually quoting God himself, signifying their stern command, not a humble request. Over the past few decades, however, holiness as a doctrine and experience has lost its grip even in a various Bible-based Christian denomination. Why did things turn like this? It seems like holiness as a term may have been casually uttered in different settings that it has degenerated into a cliche, a praise or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original meaning. It has been turned drop here and there. That in many circles, including the church and including Bible school, it has lost its significance, its potency, its conviction and sense of urgency. When we talk about holiness in a very casual, joking or uncommitted manners, it becomes just another conversation topic to pass time. It is also likely through our growing pessimism about the world and our human condition shuts our mind from appreciating the doctrine and experience of holiness. Christians has become too critical and perhaps too rational about everything so that everything can be put to questions and rejected on the basis of reason alone. Even if holiness is biblical, because it does not make sense to clouded mind, it is rejected and treated as insignificant. Well, it may be that disrespectful attitude to holiness today is grounded in misunderstanding. Hopefully, this study will help us all understand biblical holiness, and we'll all be able to see the beauty and simplicity of holiness. It does not need a high, intelligent quotient that only few can understand and experience. It is for all of us believers. Let's see, let's test now our attitude towards holiness. Let's imagine imagine that you have a lemon in your hand cut in half put the other half down keep the other half in your hand look at the inside of it and smell it now squish it and let the juice drip into your mouth are you salivating you are salivating because our bodies react to things that our mind thinks about. So using the same principle, think about holiness. How is your being reacting to holiness? When you think about holiness, what is the first reaction of your mind to it? Your response is your true and honest response. What is holiness? Right, yeah. What is holiness? There are several biblical terms for holiness, and they seem to be the starting point in understanding what holiness means. Old Testament terms include kedes or kados, set apart. Hased is faithful love. Sedek or sedeka is righteousness. Mispat is justice. Tamin is blameless or perfect. Tom, to be sincere. Shalom is peace in the relationship. Sheer family is uprightness. New Testament terms include Haggis family, to sanctify, Thelios, to be perfect. Today, we're gonna deal with the three of them. Kedesh is separation, Sedeca is righteousness, and Telos is perfection. Holiness as a life of separation, Kedesh and Hagios. The Kedesh family has the basic meaning of separation. Or being separated holiness is God himself the primary use of Kodesh is for God himself it refers primarily to God's character it throws the boundary line between God and anything that is created God is completely different from us and the distinction should be maintained can you repeat that with me? God is completely different from us, and the distinction should be maintained. Hosea 119 9b says, For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. Isaiah 43, says, I even, I'm the Lord, and there's no Savior beside me. That is why, my friend, idolatry is abominable sin because it is to make living things equal with God or declare something that is non-God to be God. Deuteronomy 7, 26 remind us when the Israelites is about to go to the promised land, Moses told them, The image of their God you are to burn in the fire. Do not covet the silver and gold on them. And do not take it for yourselves or you will be ensnared by it. For it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do not bring a detestable thing into your house or you like it will be set apart for destruction regard it as vile and utterly detest it, for it is set apart for destruction. Kedez remind us also that we should not be cozy or too comfortable with God as we are approaching or communicating with someone who is our equal. It requires from us reverence and fear when we approach him in worship and prayer. Exodus three five. Do not come any closer, God said. Take up your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Leviticus nineteen fourteen. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Psalms eighty-nine seven. In the council of the Holy One, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Isaiah 65, 5 says, Keep away, don't come near me, for I am too sacred for you. Jonah 1, At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made bows to him hebrew 4 16 let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need revelation 9 5 then a voice came from the throne saying praise our god you all his servant you who fear him both great and small acknowledging that God is separated from us, bring him glory, which is the foundation of our relationship with God. Let me repeat this for you. Acknowledging that God is separated from us, bring him glory, the kabod, which is the foundation of our relationship with him. Holiness is God sharing it to us. Kadesh is not only used for God, it is also used for human beings, places, and physical objects. The idea of Kadesh, which is attributed to God's character, can be borrowed. This teaches us that holiness is not something that humans and other created things possess inherently. Only God is holy. Created reality like us can be holy only if they are in relationship with the Holy God. Leviticus 6.27, whatever touches any of the flesh will become holy and if any blood is spattered on a garment, you must wash it in the sanctuary area. Ezekiel 44.19, when they go out into the outer court where the people are, they are to take off the clothes they have been ministering in and are to leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so that the people are not consecrated to contact with their garments. Humans only share in God's holiness or partake of the divine nature. Holiness, Hebrew 12.10, they discipline us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplined us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. That Second Peter 1, 4. Through this has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The idea of consecration is related here. Things that are consecrated and separated for God's exclusive use are considered holy because they are used for God's purposes. Church building, like this place, is a holy place because it is used for the purpose of God. The instruments are holy. Dresses, equipments, and the like that are consecrated for God's servant are considered holy. If you are being used by God for his purpose, you are considered holy, separated. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instrument for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. My question to you is, are you for common use or for special use? You can answer that. To be separated in the second sense is related to being used in the service and worship of God. Holiness is God consecrating us. Kedesh here means consecrating our bodies to the Lord. Romans 12, 1-2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 6.13, do not par- open any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather... Offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of it. Holiness is separation from all acts of wickedness and non-participation and non-participation in the world's evil deeds. Okay? Holiness is separation from all acts of wickedness and non-participation in the world's evil deeds. It is a moral separation. It is related to other biblical holiness, such as a stamin, blamelessness, tom, sincerity, and the sheer family, uprightness in the sight of God. Holiness is a life of righteousness. Sedeka. The word righteousness is usually associated with obedience to a given set of commands. The righteous person is thought to be one whose life is characterized by an upright relationship with the law. Righteousness is related to holiness and is best understood not in the light of obedience to the law, but in terms of relationship righteousness is related to holiness and it's best understood not in the light of obedience to the law but in terms of relationship this righteousness of moral uprightness is based on our relationship with God the morally upright person live according to God's standard, not men. The morally upright person, live according to God's standard, not men. He walk in the ways of God. He obeys God's word diligently. He follows the leading of the Holy Spirit. He speaks the truth in love. He understands the will of God. He acts justly, he love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And we, when you have a relationship with the Lord, you will have a harmonious relationship with your brethren. Let me pause for a while. How is your relationship with our God? How are you doing? How are you communicating with him? Do you read your Bible? Do you even do your quiet times? Do you pray? Do you sing to him? How is your relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ? Is it progressing or it is regressing? So think about that. Righteousness, if you have a vertical relationship with the Lord, then the thing will follow is you will have a horizontal relationship with the brethren. When Paul wrote that the kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of peace and righteousness, he was saying that the Christian community is characterized by harmonious relationship grounded in love through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 12, 16 to 18, he said, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Romans fourteen, seventeen to nineteen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Then, you have vertical relationship, you have horizontal relationship, righteousness and love will go together, even to your enemies. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 to 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love is particularly central in the writings of both Paul and John. Paul wrote that the fruit of the Spirit is love And it is out of love that Christians are able to be peaceable, joyful, kind, patient, gentle. The love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, must be understood in the light of his admonition to Christian believers to live in unity with one another. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. It keeps no record of wrong. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hope, always persevere. Love never fails. The Apostle John is even more forceful and even repetitive about love. Love one another. Internally loving one another must be followed by an external outlook of loving even our enemies and persecutors matthew 5 43 to 48 says you have heard that it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes sun to rise on the evil and the good and send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collector doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let me pause for a while. God is here wanting all of us to be righteous in his sight and one of the righteousness is asking is that we love even our enemies or persecutor today God is talking to you right now do you have enemies do you have anyone that you have not forgiven? Do you have memories of people doing to you that you have not forgotten? Well, the Lord wants to release you, brothers and sisters, wherever you are at. Mention the name of the person that has hurt you and release it in the hands of God. It's not you, it's God. Who will deal with you what the Lord wants from you is the righteousness that comes from him alone he wants you to be holy he wants you to be released he wants you to experience the joy the peace the love the kindness of living with him so Lord we pray for that brothers and sisters that that cannot release their persecutor their enemies to you. Pray that right now, Lord, they'll be able to release that person to you, Father God, that circumstances to you, that experience of Father God, that you will clean them, of oh, Father God, you will clean them, of oh, Father God, Lord, that your righteousness will set on them, Lord, that love will prevail to them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holiness, as a life of perfection. The term perfection may be off-footing, particularly because the term denotes a state of having reached a plane of existence where no further development may follow. If holiness is taught this way, then negative sentiments will naturally be the reaction. No one could possibly claim to be perfect has to be no longer requiring teaching or guidance. In short, if we understand perfection as a state of having no more room to grow, then there is absolutely no way that's as is possible for a finite creature such as humanity. We cannot achieve perfection if we measure perfection like this. Christians are perfect and not perfect. Christians can never be perfect in knowledge no matter what they do. Christians will never be all-knowing because God is the only all-knowing no matter what educational degree one finished or how many years one has been a believer. Because of imperfection of knowledge Christians are also not perfect as not to commit mistake. We do commit mistake. We can still make bad decisions for not knowing all the important variables. Furthermore, Christians are not free from human weakness and limitation. We do not become sons of Krypton endowed with supernatural strength and power when we become Christian we remain human this means that we will continue to be imperfect in our understanding that's why we pray for wisdom there will always be things that will be hard for us to understand so what does it mean for Christian to be perfect perfection is relative and it is Perfection, there is a perfection that is appropriate for children, for youth, and for adults. The problem is we try to measure everyone in the light of only one understanding of perfection. Even Jesus was subjected to this relative perfection when he was here on earth. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. In Hebrew 2.17, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, that he may make atonement for the sins of the people. Perfection as accomplishment of purpose. Telos can mean whole. Or complete two ways to describe in terms of being and action in terms of being to be perfect is to be the person we were meant to be in terms of action to be perfect is to be holistic completeness of being must find its evidence in the whole, in the wholeness of our action Being complete means doing everything expected from us. If you are a wife, taking care of your husband and your children is your perfection. If you are a husband, providing for your family is your perfection. If you are a teacher, teaching is your perfection. If you are a doctor, treating patient is your perfection. My question to you today is, are you living a life of perfection? Do you know God's purpose for humanity? Do you even know your specific purpose here on earth? Do you even know that? Do you know what God's purpose for your life is? In conclusion, be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. Holiness is a life of separation. Holiness is God. Holiness is God sharing it to us. Holiness is consecrating our bodies so that we will escape the wickedness and evil deeds of this world. Holiness is a life of righteousness, Righteous relationship with our God, righteous relationship with one another, with our brethren, and righteous relationship even to our enemies. Holy life is a life of perfection. We are living here on earth, still being perfected by our Lord Jesus Christ day by day. And we're living here perfected if we are living out our purpose here on earth. If believers understand and live in holiness, then I believe we will be living in a peaceful, loving, and joyful world. Brothers and sisters, let us all live a holy life. Glory be to the Father. In Jesus' name, amen.